This episode of TWIP is brought to you by Backblaze, unlimited, secure, and easy online backup. Start your free two-week trial at backblaze.com and start protecting your photos today. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by iFi. Point, shoot, iFi. Try it for free at iFi.com. This is TWIP episode 434, Photography Evolved. Last week was chock full of interesting camera announcements. Previously, we continually saw incremental, albeit much needed, advancements to our favorite camera systems. Now we're seeing completely different form factors and implementations. Companies are beginning to reimagine what a camera can do. And as such, changing what kinds of photos we as image makers can create. DJI surprised everyone last week with their gimbal-stabilized, handheld 4K 12-megapixel Osmo, and an entirely new company called Light has been generating huge buzz with a camera that sports 16 lenses that all shoot the same image simultaneously, then using onboard computational wizardry, create what looks to be a stunning 50-plus megapixel image. Joining me this week to examine these new announcements are Sarah France from sarahfrance.com and Silarina from pixelated.com. It's Monday, October 12th, 2015, and this is TWIP. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm here with two of my very good friends, Mr. Silarina and Sarah France. Hello, lady and gentlemen. How are you doing? Great. Just doing great. Doing great. Yeah, it's a big, I know you guys saw the show notes. There's lots of cool stuff to talk about in it. And before we start, my apologies to the audience. I got some sort of cruft, you know, hitchhiking virus or something that's in my throat and it's uh, it's messing up my voice. So if I sound a little Demi Moorish today, it's because of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm not feeling well. So, but it's okay. Twip, the show must go on. And uh, before we dive in, Sarah, I haven't seen you in forever. What's uh, what's new in your world? Um, well, I had a birthday, so Happy we birthday. just finished celebrating that. Thank you. I'm a girl, so we don't actually say how old I'm. Actually, it's mm -mm. fine. I just turned mm -mm. 40, which seems Ooh. impossible. Impossible. Best I asked that they, that they check my birth certificate because it can't be right. So, um, But it was amazing and, and great. Business-wise, everything's fantastic. We have you know, tons of weddings on the books for next year. I have two amazing photographers still working for me and shooting weddings under me as well. And um, life is good. Life is fantastic. I love it. I love it. Well, happy birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations Thank you. on the big 4-0. Hopefully one day I'll be there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll wait. I thought I was chasing you in age. Oh, Hey, I'm around the block. I'm coming back around again. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know when you get comfortable enough to, you know, I say know. your age. It's okay. Oh, I'm here yeah. for you. Hey, hey at some point, let's just say this. At some point, I will be 50. Okay, At perfect. some point in the future, 
I don't know. You know, it could be 10 years, could be five years. But at some point, I will be 50. All right. Speaking of people that are 50. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's so true. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. Right? Are you 50, Sil? You're not 50. Oh, are you? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. congratulations. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That you fact, that birthday, that birthday card is almost five years late, Frederick. Wow. Wow. So. That's great. You look awesome. Thank you. But you know, I hate it when people say that, you know, because you're like, what am I supposed to look like? (laughs) Yeah. You look awesome for a guy who's almost in the grave. You don't look like a corpse at all, Syl. That's amazing. (laughs) No, you look great. You look great. This is good. You lie so well. You lie so well. You know what? 10 years from now, we're going to be sitting here having a chat. We're going to be like, remember when we were joking? (laughs) Yeah. Remember when we thought we'd never get to Syl's age? Oh, my Uh, God. We're close now. I know it. I know it. So... It's All right, okay. guys. Let's, let's. Uh, so, what's going on? But before we start, what's going on with you? I know you had that book come out, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, Speedlers Handbooks off to a really strong start. Um, really thrilled. Um, let's see what's coming up. Heading to New York next week for Photo Plus. Going to be doing four speed lighting events in conjunction with Canon at Photo Plus. So I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, any opportunity to go back to Manhattan gets, uh, you know, puts a big smile on my face. Oh, I know it. I know it. You know what? I'm still on the fence about going. I'm... <laughs> well, I'll be there if I that don't... makes any It you know, does. Any that actually, it does make a difference because, you know, I love trade shows and we did, we did a special episode where we're talking to the Photo Plus people and all that. And you no, know, and trade shows are worth it, right? I mean, they're worth it for the networking, for just the exposure and hands-on with the stuff and then classes and the events and the parties and all that stuff. But, you know, but then I have to, for me personally, I have to weigh, I have all this other stuff to do here, you know, and to right. leave for four or five days mm-hmm. to hang out. You know, it's like the adult in me is like, no, dude, stay home. <laughs> You'll get your work done. And the kid in me that wants to see you guys is like, go, man. It's only a couple of days. Go, go. Yeah. Well, so, be a kid. I know. I know. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. All right. Guys, let's let's uh, dive in. Actually, you know what? Before we dive in, I want to tell you about what I have going on. So uh, next month, Sarah France, for my birthday, actually, this isn't for my birthday, but it's over my birthday, I will be in Vietnam. So I'm going Aww. on a, yeah, yeah, I'm spending my birthday in Vietnam. I'll be on this trip with um, Ralph Velasco, and he's a guy, he runs uh, photoenrichment.com, and the name of this trip is Vietnam North to South, and we're heading to Hanoi, Halong Bay, Da Nang. Hoi An and Saigon and the Mekong Delta. It's like all over. So we're gonna be bouncing city to city, taking photos. It's uh, it's it's really interesting. And he, the way he Ralph runs these workshops is they're not like workshops per se. They're actually like, you know, if you think of it, think of like uh, Anthony Bourdain, you know, and how when he goes out, he's like, you know, experiencing the place. Think that, but with photography added to it. So. It's going to be a really good time. That's It'll be so fun. It's crazy, Gosh. right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be gone. The dates for this trip are November 29th to December 12th. And if you want to go, there's he's limiting the trip to 11 people. And he has one spot left. So if you want to go, um, we'll put the link in the show notes. And you can be that that 11th per- person that joins. It costs $36.99 uh, per person in double occupancy. Or for an extra $4.99, you get your own room. So it's... And then the only fee that you pay is your your airfare to get in country and out of country. All the flights inside the country and hotels and meals, all that is covered. So it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. And my first time in Vietnam. So you will see. 
So cool. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. All right, guys, let's dive into the the first story, um, and that's DJI. So DJI, I actually, it's interesting that the story is in here. I had lunch with my good friend, Mr. Eric Chang, formerly of DJI. He just announced his re- renounced his resignation from DJI yesterday publicly. So he was the guy, he was DJI's director of aerial imaging. So he's still on good terms with the company and all that. So he was demoing and talking about some of the DJI gear with me. He invited me to his house. We recorded a nice video, which is going to go on TWIP. And uh, one of the things we talked about was their newest release, and that's the DJI Osmo, which is kind of a handheld. Basically, they took their gimbal technology that's in their quadcopters and put it on a stick. And then, you know, so that you can basically walk around getting this crazy kind of, you know, three axis stabilized footage. But now everyone can do that instead of just Hollywood people. You know, and, you know, if you have an iPhone 6S Plus or 6 Plus, you have image stabilization stabilization in there. But it's not like this. This is like the real deal type thing. So I want to get your guys take on this. Sarah, first of all, I want to, I'm excited to have you talk about this because I know you you guys on the, in the video space, you're always looking for different ways to up the ante and to do things right. a little bit better for your clients. When you saw this, was this something that you were like, you know what, I could, uh, I could, I could do something cool with that for my clients. Yeah. I, I think that anytime there's something that comes out that makes kind of things more accessible and easier and in a smaller kind of yeah. platform, especially when it comes to video, um, it definitely like it gets my brain going of the different ways that we could utilize that. And I, and I definitely think almost in your space, there's a lot of really cool applications like with podcasting and stuff because oh, yeah. you can do really great interviews that look really professional that you don't need to carry a lot of gear around for now. You can That's exactly handhold. what I was thinking. Yep. Yeah, like flip it around. You're looking at what you're seeing. You're talking to somebody. You're handholding it, but there's no shake. Like that's f- fantastic. So, yeah. um, there's a lot of really fun applications to it. Obviously, for like personal smaller videos, but really on a business from a business standpoint, it's like when when they came out with the smaller drones, and you see those things everywhere. Like I had, we had so much fun with those drones, just like at the beach having a day at the beach with our friends and then on a professional standpoint being able to provide something for clients um that is on a really nice level for a really inexpensive product is is amazing i mean we've gone through multiple drones and um really expensive ones that kind of weren't worth it and really inexpensive ones that kind of didn't quite do the job. So I think there's um it's really interesting to see kind of how the drone market has um progressed and mm-hmm. um and what's happening in that platform. But I, I think the product's really, really neat. I don't know. Um I think it depends on how much you're gonna use it and how and how frequently you're gonna use it if it's worth the price point. Right. Clearly, but that's kind of the same with any products you purchase. Yeah, it's it's interesting because in talking to Eric yesterday, you would think that these drones and the drone space has been around forever, right? You know, DJI released the quad, the first quadcopter about eighteen months ago, a little less than two years ago. The first one came out, and now they've got a whole product line of them and this new thing, you know. And it's it's been just a couple of years. I mean, like, yeah. I, and it's, it's just what space up. does that it's crazy so is this something that you you might see yourself using well i don't know you know i'm intrigued with the whole size and the potential and i i kind of been visualizing 
um, you know, what could you do like in a football game is the team's running out on the field, hand this thing to one of the players, right? And just say, run with it. And I think, you know, I love this, that it breaks out into totally new territory. And I think that people are going to respond to this as much as they respond to drones um, and find ways to make images that we haven't really thought about. We'll put this camera into places that we normally wouldn't put cameras. Um, You know, and the price point, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing some images out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the price point, it's pretty amazing technology if, in fact, it does what they say it's going to do. And of course, 650 bucks. Yeah, 650. When I was looking at the page, and I, you know, first, just like everybody else, I watched the video first, and then I read the page and looked at the specs. And for me, like Sarah, you, like you're saying, I'm like, okay, please let them have put an audio import on this thing so I could plug in a mic to it. Right. A- and they did. So it has a it has a regular old audio jack in there. Um, but you know, in my head, I'm thinking as I was reading the specs and all the things it can do, I was thinking, okay, maybe nine hundred ninety nine bucks. Okay, twelve hundred yeah. bucks is probably twelve ninety nine is where they're gonna go. And it came in at half that, 650 bucks, you know? And I'm like, so Syl, my next question was, how could it, how good could it be for 650 bucks? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? You did say Would it's you... 4K, right? Yeah, it's 4K, but still, there are different, there are different I mean, flavors yeah. of 4K. It's like right? saying are, it's are whatever megapixel. Yeah, yeah, we need we need quality 4K. But from the video that they had on their site, it looks it looks more than adequate for anything that I would be doing. But so you hit on an interesting topic, you know, the fact that you can put this thing in different places and mm-hmm. all that. The GoPro folks have been doing this for years, right? And they own the action camera space for all intents and purposes. You know, there's lots of also rands in there, including Sony. Um, but there's you know, GoPro is the undisputed king slash queen of Mm -hmm. the action camera space. DJI comes in, and this to me looks like a shot directly, not across their bow, but at their bow, you know? And then layer in there that the CEO of GoPro has, he said publicly last year, or maybe it was earlier this year, that they're going into the UAV or drone space. So (laughs) GoPro is going to go build drones, and DJI is building these kind of action camera-esque things you think this is a is this a godzilla versus rodan thing shaping up you know whatever it shapes up to be it's good for us the photographers because new ideas are going to come to market um you know and i mean i almost see them as two different creatures i don't know that i want to drop one of these guys from dji into uh, flowing water Mm -hmm. right i mean that's the thing about a gopro you know you can you can dunk it. You can go out in a sandstorm. You can <laughs> strap it to almost anything. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to survive. Where I don't get the sense with all the gimbaling and the mechanics um, that the Osmo is going to be um, that resilient, right? Yeah, you know, who yeah. knows? Like you're running along and your guy drops it and it, it falls down a bunch of stairs. Um, I don't know if it's going to stick together or not. But regardless, yeah. uh, I love this idea that the concept of the camera as an image making device continues to evolve. And with that, people's human or creativity, you know, humans creativity puts these cameras into places that we've never really thought about. I mean, it's, it's so beautiful to see the drone market um, when those guys are flying safely, of course, right. um, you know, the images that, that are coming out and the, I mean, how many thousands and, and maybe these guys and, and ladies were still shooters before. And it's like, oh, you know, now I can break out and put a camera in the air. But I also think that it's brought a whole lot of people 
into photography that weren't shooters before, right? It's yeah. a different kind yeah. of different kind of experience. And so, you know, kudos to G- DJI for bringing this out, realizing that they were in a unique position with their te- flying technology to make ground-based technology. And I'm sure that wedding shooters, sports shooters, you know, corporate industrial shooters, all of a sudden you're going to say, oh, we can move this camera in a really lightweight package and put it in places that we we wouldn't dare put other cameras. And you know what? For 650 bucks, if there was a risk that the camera would break, you might take that risk on some shots where you wouldn't do that with a camera that's three or four thousand bucks. Yeah, and I know Sarah France would because, like she just said a minute ago, you've gone through how many drones, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't crash them; we sell them. But oh, we've tried yeah. mul- we've tried multiples. I, I I think we've only actually crashed one, and it was the smallest. So, but let me tell yeah. you, when you're flying out around a fourteen thousand dollar drone, it's not as much fun. You're like, oh, it's, there's so much stress and no one will insure those things. It's Wait, like, why, what do you have a use for a $14,000 drone? What do you have, do? Are you airlifting people from? <laughs> like, <laughs> it holds um, a 5D Mark III. So oh, we geez. wanted that like same format, same quality. Um, so we had a giant drone, but um, it was just too much, to be honest. It was like, you, you didn't want to just, take it up on a weekend and get some cool shots. That's for sure. Um, yeah, not with that kind little, of money in the air. So. It seems a little perilous too, because I can imagine that's a pretty big uh, flying piece of blade flying around, you know, yeah. on a wedding too. Yeah. No, if you crash that, you're going to, you're going to severely injure someone. I, a hel- we have a helicopter pilot who flies it. So it's not, yeah. it's definitely, you know, we don't take that lightly, but also they're, like DJI actually came out with a brand new quadcopter. I know we're not talking about that one, but mm-hmm. um, that's a lot that has, uh, I don't know if it's this, it's not this camera. It's a, it's the next generation camera. I are think. you, are you talking about the, the one with the, um, the yes. micro four thirds mount on it? Yeah. Yeah. The Zinmuse. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is. That's the Zinmuse mount that can fit on the Inspire one quadcopter. And it, okay. and it allows you to use a select number of interchangeable micro four thirds lenses on it. So, yeah. So again, it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Eric and I talked about that as well. Cause I was curious. I was like, so I read that that thing can take micro four thirds lenses. And I was like, okay, all of my micro four thirds lenses. And obviously not, it has to be, you know, a shorter lens, but they, it's interesting how they handle the weighting problem. So when you're, when you're balancing a gimbal, gimbal on a quadcopter, Sarah, as you know, it's got to be yeah. balanced properly so yes. that it can move effortlessly. Um, the way they handle it is with the lens hood. So they have weighted lens hoods that go on the lens to counterbalance it. So it's like DJI specific lens hoods for a particular lens that when you put it on that lens and put the lens on the camera, it's weighted perfectly. It's like so brilliant, awesome. brilliant. Yeah. Because that's yeah. always been an issue. You're like one lens for your mm-hmm. whole for what you want to do is obviously not enough. So yeah, but yeah. Sorry, that interesting was stuff. Note. Interesting stuff. Well, yeah. let's close this off. The uh, uh, so it, the the things that this thing does. So it obviously shoots stabilized 4K, um, but in addition to that, it uh, it's a 12 megapixel still camera. It's got a mode that makes the the head pan 360 degrees for a perfect panorama. So it'll it'll pan and take photos along the way. So for a perfectly stabilized panorama, 
Um, you can handheld long exposures with this thing. I think Eric said yesterday, you can handheld exposures up to eight seconds, typically three, but up, if the conditions are right, you can handheld, handhold an exposure up to eight seconds. Now think about it. Wow. <laughs> that's like magic. Still, I mean, that's magic, right? I mean, in the old days, that was anything beyond what, a 60th of a second, you know, or maybe a little bit longer if you weren't drinking coffee you know beyond too, that too much or too little yeah beyond that you're on a tripod or you're stabilizing some way can you imagine a world where you can hand hold eight seconds what do you think about that i think it's you know i just think it's pretty interesting that um you know this technology continues to evolve i mean part of me wonders what i would want to shoot for eight seconds because you know people if they're in the shot they're going to be moving yeah, um, yeah so you think okay i'm going to be photographing things that aren't moving and, you know, it's like, well, why not just break out the tripod and, right, you know, right. shoot? I don't know. I don't, you don't have to get well, all It's nice to have. Over. Yeah. I think it's nice to have just in case, you know, if right. you're in a situation where, you know what, I want to get some flowing water or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you can do that. Right. You know, I, I certainly chalk that up. Not necessarily an A-list reason to buy it because there's lots of other great reasons to put it in your kit. But it's I certainly wouldn't. Um, you know, say, oh, because it has that, I'm not going to take it with me. You're right. It's a nice backup option. Yeah. You yeah. see, a, you see a long exposure opportunity and you didn't think to pack your tripod. Um, and you haven't had the right amount of caffeine to hold it really steady. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at a new camera that puts the power of a DSLR in your pocket. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain and thankfully FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know sort of messing with our creative juices with FreshBooks you can invoice clients it's easy you can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger you're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff you can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone you can whip up business reports you can stay on top of your income expenses and tax time is coming up so with a couple of clicks you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. 
Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, guys, this, uh, this next story is pretty interesting. I got, I think, no less than 10 emails from people, friends, TWIP listeners, et cetera, saying, have you seen this? Have you seen this? You got to talk about this on TWIP. So we're talking about it on TWIP, people. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the new Light L16 camera. So a new startup called Light, and this comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. A new startup called Light has invented a camera that it says will put the power of a DSLR in your pocket. Its secret magic trick is that it has 16 tiny cameras that all work together with their software. So it's like one of those, you know, Japanese anime robots with all the, you know, cameras on its head. And it just, it looks like an array of 16 cameras and they all do different things. They take, so let me read this so that we can, uh, we can discuss it. Uh, so it says the L16 combines 16 lens and sensor modules of varying focal lengths, ranging from 35 millimeter to wide angle or 35 millimeter wide angle to 150 millimeter telephoto plus an infrared laser range finder for good measure. It will use a variety of these elements to capture a scene, then merge the collected visual data into a 52 megapixel picture. So, Arena, um, you know, so, so first of all, the responses that I was getting from this from people of, of like that I respect were like, dude, this is the first time I've seen a camera that I want to buy. This is amazing, blah, blah, blah. I'm ditching my DSLR and all this. And, I'm, and I was thinking, I was excited too when I saw it, but then the curmudgeon in me said, you know what, maybe I should actually take a photo with it first. <laughs> and see, go, and see. <laughs> yeah, go figure. And actually look at it on the computer and see if it actually works. So what do you think? Is this is this the, the end of the DSLR? No, no, definitely not the end of the DSLR. But it's just a part, of, I think, that again, it's part of this continuous evolution, the continuum of what our modern idea of a digital camera is. I'm looking at it right now on screen, and mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking at all these, whatever they are, like appear to be lenses and things. And, um, you know, the first thing that I think about as an old school guy is – can I still get shallow depth of field, right? Yeah. Because right. I, it seems to be about the size of the current generation of iPhone and Android phones. Um, and it's like, okay, so that's the form factor. What's the advantage? And, um, you know, maybe it's got better quality. Um, you know, I mean, a laser rangefinder. I think that sounds pretty fun that's to play with, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, if I couldn't get... Um, selective focus images really easily. If I couldn't say, you know, I want to shoot this relatively wide and blur out the background, or conversely, I want to I want to shoot it super deep. If I don't have those traditional kind of camera controls, um, then I start to lose interest. Right? Yeah. It's not just about convenience. It's not just about having that camera in your pocket, but it's about for me, at least, still um, being able to craft an image that portrays my photographic vision. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And it's, uh, but still, I mean, it's, 
I'm not pooing it yet because it's right? it's a it's a new tool, right? It's right. Uh, who so, knows what this thing can do. Yeah, so I, I you know feel free light to send me one. And I'll play with it. <laughs> I know, I know. I think they have to build them first, Sarah. Uh, okay, a salacious title, right? This is the end of the DSLR. You make your you literally put food on the table with your DSLR. Can yes. you see yourself swapping? You know, you and all your photographers into using something like this professionally. No. When it's I well I think I looked at it and it looks really fun and a great maybe a great point and shoot but it's definitely still not the quality even if there are 16 tiny lenses they're 16 tiny lenses they're not um typically the from what I've seen and again we have no idea but um you can't get that same image quality from this tiny piece of glass as you can from the beautiful D- DSLRs that we shoot on currently. Right. right. So I, I don't think it's the end of the DSLR, but I do think it's a really cool looking uh, camera. It seems really cool. I looked through the sample images and I, I didn't see the one thing I was looking for, which was really a good shallow depth of field, which mm-hmm. is my favorite thing as well. So yep. that was the only thing I thought was missing. If it if it really can do a really great shallow depth of field, I think they should definitely um, focus on that some as well as one of its qualities. But I loved actually that they made it look uh, almost like a phone in its shape and mm-hmm. how it worked. And because it, I mean, it looks like somebody's shooting on an iPhone. If you if you just glance at the video, totally, it's not yeah. you don't really notice until later. But a lot of the functionality and stuff sounds really cool, especially. Um, being able to have like a 35 millimeter and 150 um, optical instead of, you know, all these digital zooms that are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, that a lot of really cool features. I mean, I also noticed that it says coming summer of 2016. I was like, that's a year away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gosh. Which is why I said, show me the money first, you know. Yeah, send yeah. me one in a year and we'll see. we'll see how it does. But um, it seems I I heard a lot of buzz about it too. I I definitely had a lot of my friends like, did you see that camera? Oh, did you see that? <laughs> that thing is that thing looks so cool, and it does. It looks really cool, and it's yeah. a, a genius idea. It just amazing. So I hope it really um, lives up to the hype because they're doing a great job getting the word out about it for sure. Totally, totally. Yeah, they got to keep that momentum going. Yeah, yeah I was looking at their tagline on their site for a full year. Yeah, they better. You know, rolling thunder, guys, rolling thunder. <laughs> um, but one of their taglines is high quality, not high maintenance, you know, and that's, you know, that's I use that mantra in the in my dating life, too, but it doesn't always work out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need more lenses. Maybe you need- <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. I mean, it's it's cool. It's a cool device. I mean, this and the DJI Osmo, you know, it's. It's just so, for me, it's exciting to see where this stuff is coming. Like, you look at that Osmo, and the first thing that popped into my head, or one of the first things, was, and you guys remember this. We were talking about how old we are in the beginning. Remember when holding, you were, you know, your dad or whomever used to hold the video camera up and physically put giant tapes in there that would get eaten? And remember that? Remember those days? And now we have a stabilized 4K camera that you can stick in your back pocket, notwithstanding your cell phone that can shoot 4K as well, you know? It's, it's amazing. Just, it's crazy. And it just like this thing, they say it's a year away in this business. A year is a long time, mm-hmm. right? 
I mean, that's that's you know, DJI has only been around for a couple of years, and look at what they've done in a couple of years. They're talking about releasing one product next year, so we'll see. We'll see. I just hope all of this hype actually pushes like Canon to make it easy for us to take images off our camera and put them on our phone. <laughs> Canon, listen to the words I'm saying. They're not listening. They're not. I know. Hell, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. know. Still, you know the Canon people, so we'll, we'll put you on I the just, seat. So, come, on. Lighter. come on, tell just us what's going this on. Morning, just this morning, I read the press release about the announcement of the little EOS M10, yeah. which you know has a built-in Android app so that you can send images straight to your Android phone. And I've got to believe if that's um, you know there today, then in the near future, I would hope they'd have an iOS equivalent. But still, come on. I got I got to play know. devil's advocate here. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, Wow, they have they have a camera that can connect to your cell phone. We've been doing that for like five years with other sure. cameras that are that cost nothing. You know, it's like that's like saying, okay, you know, Ford Ford now has power windows in their car. You know, they do. They're innovating. <laughs> they do. They put power windows in the car. Just don't bring Volkswagen up, okay? It's a oh bad my god! Yeah. Oh, don't we have one of those? Oh, oh you got the oh. Smogmobile. Congratulations. Oh man, gets great gas mileage though. Yeah, yeah. Does it? Can you trust it? Polluting the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not yeah. Good. Leaving your little dotted line of smog as you drive around Southern California. Seriously. <laughs> so bad, those guys. Yeah, I have Horrible. a feeling. I have a feeling the light.io people with this camera will probably uh, live longer than Volkswagen. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, I hope that's not the case. I hope, I hope it's not, not the case, the case, case but too. But what would a world you know, be like without the people's wagon? I was so... The world, the world is very unforgiving it when it be? comes to that stuff, though. They yeah. are. It's crazy. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a Swiss television station that has ditched their standard TV cameras to go 100% iPhone for their news broadcasts. Uh-oh. This episode of TWIP is sponsored by iFi. iFi has a brand new vision for helping you manage your photography. Here's how they look at photography workflows, old versus new. The old way, point, shoot, download, organize, backup, die of boredom, then rinse and repeat. The new way, point, shoot, and iFi iFi pulls all of your original resolution photos from your digital camera and smartphone and puts them into a single, intelligently organized library. This library is then immediately viewable from all of your devices, and iFi backs up everything to the cloud as well as your desktop automatically. The best thing is you can try it for free today at iFi.com. That's iFi.com. And we'd like to thank iFi for their support of this week in photo. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, so iPhones may not be very good at photographing lunar eclipses, but apparently they're just fine for TV news broadcasts. A local TV station, news station in Switzerland has ditched their standard TV cameras to go 100% iPhone. The Swiss newspaper Le Temps reports that the TV station Le Mans Bleu, Le Mans Bleu, has made the switch this past summer and it outfitted each reporter in the field with an iPhone 6 kit for shooting pre-recorded stories and shooting live shots. I, you know, my I, I have a 6S, the iPhone 6S, and the video out of that thing, even the onboard audio is spectacular. It is ridiculous. So 
I I don't see what the problem is with this is. I think it's it's actually pretty good. Why not? So what what do you think? Again, I, how many times have I said like evolution in this show, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it just continues to push out the boundaries and the concept of what a camera is. I mean, it wasn't a few, but just a couple of years ago that a TV, an ENG crew, right? Electronic news gathering crew would have a sound guy and would have a camera guy and maybe even a lighting guy plus mm -hmm. the reporter on scene. And now the reporters are the ones that are carrying their own camera shooting footage. And then they lock the camera down in a tripod and do, a, do yeah. a talking selfie. So, you know, travel light, travel fast, um, and the other thing that I think is, is really interesting is we continue to get more of our news off of mobile screens than off of HD TV screens at home. Right. Yeah. And as long as we continue to look at images at small scale, we're going to be willing to take images that don't have the color depth and the, perhaps the focus precision and, you know, great cinematic kind of, um, qualities to the frame. And we're going to say, oh, that's interesting, you know. So I think this is the evolution, lighter, faster, whether it's an iPhone, um, the light camera, the Osmo stick. I mean, all of yeah. the, the common thread here is we're thinking folks are th entrepreneurs and engineers are thinking of ways to make cameras in form factors and with user interfaces that the big boys haven't really thought about or cared yeah. to explore. Right. Yeah. And then human creativity says, oh, cool, look what I can do. I can strap this iPhone to the front of my car and drive through Hong Kong or wherever Digital Rev did last week when they did their demo. Right, um, right. And so I just I I'm not surprised. Um, I think it's a really interesting um, platform. I I I will also say though that one has to wonder why an iPhone versus an iPad with a bigger screen. Um, so that True. you can, camera too. you know, so that you can do, um, if you're going to do real time editing out in the field, uh, you know, I would think that I'd prefer to do it all other th image quality and sound being equal, which I'm just going to assume would be the case, yeah. um, that I'd rather have that iPad form factor. So I've got a bigger screen to make critical choices as to like where to do cuts and that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I but I wonder if, I mean, I don't know if I was running that new station, I wouldn't have my, my reporters editing. I'd have them, you know, editing final packages. I'd, I'd let them mm -hmm. record the thing and then upload it, you know, maybe put on Dropbox or something and then have editors that are sitting there with their Mountain Dew go through and, and cut, cut it together professionally. Right. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Or why it's, not, why not get an Osmo? Exactly. There you go. Yeah, maybe they will. I mean, this was they did this before the Osmo was released. Sarah, what do you think? I mean, could you see yourself doing like a, a one of your high end weddings with just phones? I mean, even even I mean, notwithstanding the the shallow depth of field shots, but even like second shooter pickup shots and party shots and all that, could you? No, it's still it's still not the same. I think it, you know there's that like there's that comfort in knowing you're gonna hit the trigger and it's gonna work. I mean, the majority of the time. <laughs> yeah. But and just know knowing like your gear and the lighting and there's I mean I take pictures with 
people's iPhones at weddings all the time because yeah. it's like one for me, one for you. You know, right, everybody's right. like, we take one with my phone. Um, and there, there's definitely no quality difference. Although I think that it's fantastic that people are able to see the images, share the images. We're still trying to beat the bride to updating her profile photo with somebody <laughs> else's iPhone photo and not our professional shot. So oh, there's wow. always that like, what I need is speed. Uh, the speed that everyone has behind the using the iPhone and that's in the convenience. And yeah. that's what the big guys need to not even figure out. It's the technology is there. Just it's do here. it. Yeah. Yeah. Help us out. Yeah. All the tools are here for us to do some crazy stuff, but yeah, news yeah. gathering, um, you know, journalism itself, as we've been talking about over the last couple of years has shifted with all this new technology yeah. and, and fast. Like, remember, yeah. we talked about the Chicago Sun-Times laying everybody off because they wanted to replace their photographers with with reporters equipped with cell phones, too. So and that was for newspaper photography. And this word here, we're talking video. So, yeah, it's it's and a lot of times it's not even like the best that you need the best quality. People want the information. They want to, like, know what's going on quicker I mean, it's, it's speed over quality and that's a constant thing that, um, you know, we're constantly battling, I think as professional photographers in the industry is, is what quality do, what's the best quality we can provide at the speed, at the fastest speed we can provide as well. Yeah. That's interesting. You bring that up because I was, uh, you know, what was it? I was talking to someone about YouTube videos and, the and still, I want to really want to get your opinion on this too. They were saying that professionally shot and edited and lit beautiful YouTube videos do worse. Actually, this was this was someone from YouTube I was talking to. Um, those videos do worse view wise than your shaky, you know, uh, cinema verite style shot. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because he said the shaky shot is much more relatable and believable than the professionally shot shot because the shaky shot i feel like i could do you can't really do a professional shot what, what do you think what does that do to the industry if you get a million views from shaky crappy footage and you get a hundred thousand from footage that you put a hundred thousand dollars worth of effort into so i don't know i'm going to shake my screen right now and see if i look any better <laughs> does that go. help much better much yeah. better I, I, is that good is that too much yeah. shake perfect um, yeah google loves that so sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I hadn't heard that before and I'm kind of stunned, but on the other hand, it's kind of, I, I, maybe it relates to this topic. I don't know. You know, if I'm looking how to make crepes, do I want to, I don't know. I think I get sucked into total slick production. <laughs> yeah. You, right? yeah. I mean, I'd that's just the perfectionist. I'd be looking at, right. I'd be looking at going, look at those lower thirds. Forget about the crepe. That's a really, you know, look at those motion graphics. Uh -huh. um, look at that shot. They went right into the frying pan and the camera didn't even wiggle. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. Um, that is, that is really interesting that, um, you know, images that have that, homemade quality uh, videos are more are more believable. I had never really thought about that before. But you know what's funny? The the other side of that is homemade quality is changing, right? Mm -hmm. So now homemade quality is 4K stabilized, you know, yeah. <laughs> with your Osmo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I did watch some video recently that had like really beautiful intro graphics mm-hmm. and that kind of put me off. Right. Because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you're making me watch your stupid intro graphics for like five seconds. Yeah. And I was like, okay, put them up for a second and then take them away and let's get down to business. Yeah. yeah um, I agree. hundred percent. So I don't know. That's, that's really, that's, that's fascinating. You caught me off guard for once. Yeah. You know, you know, what's also funny and also fascinating is like on YouTube, you see these videos that have these beautiful TV-esque intros, rolling 3D graphics and all this, and then they go into the content, and it's some crappy dude with bad audio. <laughs> Audio's king. You can audio, have a crappy image, but if you've got bad sound. You got you to, gotta, yeah, everything has to be at least at the same level. It doesn't have to all be perfect, but at least make it consistent. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. Yeah, this is crazy stuff. All right, guys, um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some listener Q&A. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online training platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just visit lynda.com slash twip. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash T-W-I-P. Now, lynda.com is for problem solvers, creative people, or just people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel or learn negotiation tactics or build a website or even boost your Photoshop skills. Just go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. lynda.com offers a ton of courses on Lightroom, Photoshop, and the Adobe Creative Cloud, and many on just getting inspired or re-inspired about your photography. With a lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, and you can stream thousands thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule. And courses are structured so that you can watch them from start to finish or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can even download tutorials and watch them on the go from your iOS or Android device. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or just want to learn something new, visit lynda.com slash twip and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot com slash twip. All right, it's time for some listener Q&A. This week's question is from Elliot McCrory. Elliot says, I own a Sony a6000 and a Canon 70 Mark II. I carry the Sony a lot because it's so small and has fabulous image quality, but my go-to camera remains the 7D Mark II. One of the main reasons is that the A6000, did I say 100? A6000 collects and shows a lot more dust on the sensor. My 7D Mark II never seems to get dust spots. And he lists a few reasons for that. So his ultimate question is, how do I combat dust on my Sony? Uh, Sarah, what do you think? I know this is tough because you don't shoot this camera. I know. I'm like, I have no idea. So the I'm going to ask a quick question. Is it how many like lenses does this thing take? Is it like multiple? The A6. Yeah, Yeah, it's interchangeable. And all tons. Okay. Well, um, I would say anyway, with any camera, the way that I reduce dust is, is multiple things. First of all, turn it off before you before you take the lens off. Yeah. Um, also just make sure that when you are taking the lens off, um, 
and putting another lens back on that you're, you know, try to reduce the, the dust in the area that you're in, just meaning like be careful where you do it. And also I tend to take the lens off and put it back and put a different lens on and make sure that the other one's ready. I know a lot of people will just sit there kind of when they're doing the switch out. And that's really when the majority of when dust is going to get into your camera either way. So um, if, if I was working with the a6000 i would just make sure you you're really careful about those things that in in doing the switch out or you know keep the same lens on um throughout the day if it's just a shoot that you're going out and about and you don't want to take the risk but uh, i switch out lenses all day long obviously multiple times a day because i'm a prime shooter so i i literally am switching out lenses all the time so i just try to be careful about how quickly i do it where i do it and it keeps it definitely keeps dust down in the in the camera. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to Burning Man or something, don't switch lenses. <laughs> don't, don't even do it. Don't even uh, like wrap your camera in a bag. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to um, be some sort of protection or something there. They need something. They need something. So do you have anything to add to this? How to, yeah, how, so, to how can um, uh, Elliot get rid of those dust spots or avoid them altogether? So the only thing I'll add on, I think Sarah's totally on track, especially that um, point. Oh no, we lost him. Uh-oh. He's frozen. Still froze, no. And he's got a good look on his face. Look at that. I look. know. He's like smiling. <laughs> All right. We'll give Sill a chance to come back. All right. Uh, before we move on, um, and we'll let Sill answer this question if he ever shows back in here. But um, listeners, if you have a question that you want us to tackle on the show, visit us at thisweekinphoto.com. Click on that submit a question link and send us a question or leave us a voice message. All right, Sarah and Sill's frozen avatar. Let's jump in. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Let's jump into the picks of the week. Uh, this is a segment where you guys can pick anything to recommend to the TWIP listeners, as long as it is somehow related to photography. Sarah, since Sill is uh, pensively he's thinking, in time. yeah, he's frozen in, si- in time. <laughs> What's your pick of the week? Um, so my pick of the week is is this cool these cool um, attachments for your flash that we picked up at WPPI last year, um, and called Magmod. Have mm. you seen these? They're really no. awesome. So they are flash attachments that basically are just um, there's like a bubble one uh, that that is a diffuser. There's uh, another one that kind of looks like a like a claw, a big claw. But the cool thing about these is that there's an attachment that goes onto the base of your of your flash that has magnets, and then you just oh. flop on the. Oh, there he is! Yay, Sills back. back. You flop on the uh, <laughs> the uh, um, adjuster, whichever one you want. So the other cool thing is that they um, they've got the diffusers and all that, but they also um, they have a they have a, a snoot. They have a grid. They have all these different like color adjustments. So it's really awesome for switching things out quickly because sometimes I'll say, oh, we should do this really cool thing. Oh, we don't have time for it. We got to switch out yeah. all this stuff and whatever, especially with wedding photography because we're just, you know, on the go. But anyway, anytime you're shooting, I think uh, convenience is key. So MagMod is a fantastic uh, answer to that. Uh, my only side note suggestion would be don't keep don't keep them too close together. If the mag- <laughs> we had a couple of oh. them that like the magnets got stuck to each other and they're really strong with the on the adjusters and um, I was gonna say we, keep we the magnets like- away keep the magnets away from your SD or CF cards. 
Yeah, that, actually, that could we did badly. some research on them. They have to be really, really strong to cause any issues. But oh, really? Um, okay. I wouldn't worry about that as much as I would the um, keeping them away from each other so that they don't <laughs> just don't ever get them stuck <laughs> together. They're very hard to get apart. But uh, uh, yeah. they're it's really cool. It's it's been a really cool attachment. We've loved them in the studio, and I really wanted to test them for a while to make sure it was a good product. But they were they are really fun, and you can uh, the thing I always loved too is you can. Um, still like turn your, I don't turn your flash sideways mm-hmm. and shoot with it that way. So with the kind of small side pointing towards the client. And then when you go vertical, just tilt it up. So it's just like an easy adjustment with the flash as opposed to having to go left and then right. And then, you know, I love it. Little, I love it. What's the price point of this thing? Um, that's a good question. We just bought some, I should totally know, but I think they're like 150, 200 bucks. Oh, let's I'll see. Let's go that, in, let's go wait. look at their shop right here. Let's Hold see on. live. Okay, live. for the the complete kit, two hundred twenty nine ninety five. So two hundred thirty, and then their basic kit is ninety bucks, and then you can piecemeal it out and get whatever you want. Interesting. Yeah. Now, still, really so, still, so what do you think about this? You're the speedlighter dude. Like literally, you wrote the book on speedlights. Is this exciting for you? Yeah, it's. I think it's a really interesting, um, you know, concept, and it's a unique. It's a unique product, a unique approach. And as I recall, they're in Tucson, which is where I spent three and a half of the best years of my life um, at the University of Arizona. I hope I have that right, but I think I am. Um, so, yeah, I haven't I haven't shot with them for a while. Um, and it's, you know, if you don't have any mods, it's a great way to start. Um, pretty inclusive kit. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, Sil, before you... Uh you know, vanished on us. We were, we were talking about that listener question. Basically the question was, how do you keep sensor dust off of your camera? Any, any thoughts on that? So, well, hopefully charter cable will keep the connection open for the answer. Um, (laughs) so Sarah had it right. You've got to have your, you got to have your go-to lens ready to go, which for me means it's right next to the camera. Um, the back lens cap is already detached, but still sitting there. And because I want to minimize the time that my camera doesn't have a lens on it. Um, the only other thing I would add to that is I try to keep my camera facing down mm. so that, you know, basically I'm mounting the new lens straight up on the camera underneath. I don't know whether it makes a huge difference, but somebody pointed out to me, yeah, well, gravity makes dust fall, Sil. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. And if your camera has even, you know, uh, sensor cleaning technology that you have to activate manually rather than it being auto every time you turn the camera on and off, um, you know, then do that. Do that. But Sarah's absolutely right. You know, switch quickly. Be prepared. Um, try to find that dustless place. And when you can't, uh, learn how to clean your sensor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, can people clean their own sensors or... Is that yeah, once you get question. like a bunch of cruft on there, should you just like, you know, I'm not going to tackle this. I'm going to send it in. Yeah, I don't know. I, I will say ever since, you know, way back in the like my 20D days, I had like, you know, sp- sp- they're not even they weren't even spots in the sensor. Right. They were like permanent markers. They're like planets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, now with the auto sensor technology and the Canon cameras that I shoot, I really don't worry a lot about it. And, um, if it's it. not, if it's not a good situation to change a lens, then don't change the lens. Right. Yeah. Just be smart about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. I mean, it, it says a lot about dust removal and the problems that we have with dust when there's 
a specific tool in Lightroom <laughs> to get rid of dusts from your image. And, you right. know, so yeah, it is an issue. That's a great question. Great question and great answers. All right, so we're jumping back into the picks mm-hmm. of the week. What's your uh, what's your? Oh, pick it's of the week? so easy. Let's see if I can get the box up in frame. Ooh. So this is the Canon 430EX 3RT, the new radio speedlight uh, from Canon, mm. and um, it's been. I was on the waiting list for it. Uh, you know, B and H and Amazon, like they, Canon announced it in July, just as my book was going to press. So I had to very quickly, fortunately, Canon uh, sent me a, a prototype unit, a pre-production unit, so I could do screenshots. And But this little speedlight, 299 bucks, brings radio speedlighting, in my opinion, to the masses. Um, so you don't need a $500 600EXRT on top of your camera. And I'll even go out on a limb. I'm going to do a blog post um, in the very near future on Pixelated about this, the navigation and menu system on this new 430EX3RT. I mean, it's a super long name, but um, they took the tilt wheel on the back of the speedlight and turned it into basically um, a quick select mechanism for um, icon-based selections that pop up in the screen. And Mm -hmm. I'll go out on a limb and say that a shooter who wants to be really fast in radio speedlighting um, who doesn't want to control the speed light from the LCD of their camera, or they want to do it on the speed light, um, even a pro shooter probably should look at this speed light because it will be a radio master. It can control your fleet of 600 EXRTs. And the navigation system is faster than the flagship um, because all the menu options are on the same screen rather than being on a bunch of other screens. So yeah. I think it's, you know, 299 bucks. You get into radio speed lighting. It's also, you know, it will it will be an, a radio master, but not a Canon optical master, but it will be a Canon optical slave. Um, so this thing right now represents state-of-the-art speed lights uh, from any manufacturer. Right? I think it does. There are a couple features that its big brother, the 600EX, has. Um, this will not take an external battery pack. So if you're a wedding shooter, that's probably a really valuable consideration if you're a power user, right? Um, yeah, and you need that external pack. It won't do that. Um, the head doesn't swivel 180 degrees to the right. It only goes 150 degrees, but I'm not sure that extra 30 degrees is again worth a couple of hundred bucks. If you're if you're somebody getting into flash and you're a Canon shooter, I, I and I, I have to say, I feel like I've just become the pitch boy for this, right? Um, yeah. Well, I when fe- you love it, in, you love it. I fell in love with this thing. And it's the menu system. It is the easiest menu system I've ever navigated on a speedlight. Um, that's, that's impressive. I want to see that. Are you going to, you're going to blog this and put some screenshots? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll even do some 4k video from a drone just, you know, because there you go, because that's the perfect <laughs> use of drone photography. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I have a question for both of you guys. So speaking of speed lights, Sarah, you had the, the, the modifier. And so you have a speed light is with, with the, you know, the popularity and the proliferation of these cameras that have super high ISO, low noise. Mm-hmm. How relevant is flash photography? Is it becoming um, like, because back in the day it was like, okay, all I have is ISO 200. I need to blast some light in there in order to get an image. That's becoming less of a factor. Does yeah. it, does it matter? 
Sarah, go ahead and start, because yeah. once I start, I probably won't stop. I know, right? <laughs> I know. You listen here, Frederick. <laughs> I'm throwing uh, gas on the fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's important. I mean, controlling your light is a whole other thing. It, it, having flash these days, for us at least, has become kind of more of a creative thing um, than just a straight necessary necessary thing. It is necessary in some cases because you can't control where people are in a lot of cases for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that they're perfectly have the perfect lit situation, but, um, just because you don't have to have them in some situations now, definitely creatively you want them. And in a lot of cases you still need flash in, in, you know, most cases we pretty much, we bring flash to, we don't really bring them as much to like our portrait shoots unless we're going for doing a sunset shoot, but um, we absolutely could for creative for um, creativity. There's so many ways to use them now. Yeah, yeah. So creativity, but in a pinch, it, using like say the Sony A7S, which it's insa- with its insanely high ISO, you're if you're stuck without a flash or your flash batteries died because you have the 430 EX2 and you can't plug in your external battery pack, still, you're still going to get an image, right? So you're not, you're not. Uh, yeah, you'll get an image. I, you know, so here, here's what I'll offer up. Um, we talk about high ISO performance, which speaks to digital noise. What we don't really talk about, though, is dynamic range in our sensors. And the fact is, even still with the current crop of state-of-the-art cameras, you look at somebody who's backlit by the sun and they have a beautiful rim light across their head and their shoulders. And you say, I want that. And you point the camera at them. Without flash, without fill flash, you're not going to get a shot that represents what you see. Just as a baseline, you're going to get somebody who's silhouetted. Here's the one thing that flash will do that I think um, is com- that's really important to understand. When you shoot flash photography, you have now detached the ambient light in the shot from the light on your subject. So you can take, if you want to, as a photographer, we talk about photographic vision, we talk about depth of field and lens choice and all of that. If you want to build on that through your lighting and direct your viewer's eye to your subject with flash, one of the things you can do is dim the brightness of the background. If it's being lit by the ambient light, you can use a faster shutter speed and then add light back onto your subject. So all of a sudden, as a photographer with flash, you're able to create shots that are unlike the way that we perceive the world. So, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from high ISO technology. Believe me, every time a new camera generation comes out and I can shoot up into the stratosphere, there are definitely occasions where I'm really, really grateful. But I don't want anybody to think that, oh, because we can shoot, you know, someday at ISO 1 million, um, until we get that dynamic range situation improved on an equal footing so the camera will actually record highlights and shadows to the full extent that the human brain and eye can see them. But even then, when we can do that, when our cameras truly match human vision, flash again because we can detach the ambient light via the shutter speed and the flash on the subject so we can detach ambient and subject lighting and and basically build that into our photographic vision and say, 
I want to guide in this really busy space. I want to guide the viewer to my subject and only reveal enough of the background environment so the viewer understands where this person lives or works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It sounds like the, the common thread that I hear from both of you guys is, yeah, there's a, there's a spot for high ISO, uh, but controlling your illumination gives you complete, pretty much control over the scene that you're capturing and understanding how to use flash, when to use it, when not to use it in a lot of ways can make the difference between making an okay shot that was okay because you happened to make a good exposure and a piece of art. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. See, I do that. It's what I do. All right, guys. All right, guys. Uh, we're going to, we're going to move. Let's sign off. Um, at the end of the show and I made it and I didn't die. That's a, oh, it's amazing. Good. Yeah. I'm going to go, go cough in a minute. Sarah, what do you have coming up in the coming months? Um, well, we, we actually just introduced and booked our first, um, dream team package that we just, oh. um, introduced to the world. We're actually starting to shoot as a team, the three of us together that can be hired out and, um, we're now have our first wedding booked with that. So that's pretty exciting. And that's what we're going to be kind of pushing and doing kind of for the next few months. And that's cool. just want to do a few, a few of those every year, which is just really fun to see the full create creative team together and a blast. And to, what, are you, what are you calling that handbook? The dream, the dream team package. Oh, the dream team package. Okay. Oops. All three girls. The dream um, team. Pa- I'm putting this in the notes package. Oh, dream team package. Yeah. So um, you can have myself, Jessica and Rachel, redhead, brunette and a blonde. Wow. Uh, but but really the true power behind it is we all have really um, different strengths, but uh, work really well as a team, obviously. And it's really just such an amazing package at and treat to have three photographers with all very different, um, kind of very similar eyes, but at the same time, um, slight changes and slight differences. We, we call Rachel like the romantic. She, she loves the romantic shots. Let's really, really loves all the details. Jess is like our, our creative genius. She's just um, amazing with the creative reflective shots and backlit and all of that. And I kind of bring it all together um, with the, to make the package, just have all of the different kind of photography that they're looking for. They always say I'm the, I'm the epic one. I'm always looking for the epic shots Nice. and, uh, it's a, it's great. So our first wedding is going to be at the hotel Dell with this mm. wonderful couple, um, with a very large wedding. They're, I think they're looking at probably about 300 guests right now, but we're excited to book more of those. We want to travel around, uh, the country, around the world, and we would, uh, love to take the dream team package on the road. So all my wonderful nice. TWIP listeners out there, when you get married, bring us out. What is that? Uh, what is that? Can you reveal Was the it pricing cost? Yeah. for that? No, yeah. it, it's actually really affordable. Um, it's well, I think it's really affordable. I guess um, it's only seventy five hundred dollars for all three of us. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that is really right? affordable. Wow. I okay, that's a great deal. That's cool. half a quadcopter. <laughs> I know. Now, do you use quadcopters during the Dream Team package? Come on. We, I mean, we we do use quadcopters, but they're not included in the Dream Team package. I'll okay. we'll say that. Okay. So we, can, we can definitely arrange that if that's something they'd like. Awesome. Well, Sarah France, thank you for coming on again. It's always thank a pleasure you. chatting with you. And happy birthday again. 
things. Very cool. Silarina, what do you got coming up? So let's see. Uh, next week, as we said at the top of this, we discussed at the top of the show, um, heading to New York for Photo Plus. I have yep. a presentation, two-hour presentation in the event space at B&H, which is one of my favorite places just to be. Um, and then every day over at the Javits Center, I'll be doing a speed lighting, one-hour speed lighting demo, actually with my new favorite speed light, the 430 EX3 <laughs> RT. They heard Do how you much sleep it, with that thing under your pillow? They, so. <laughs> uh, you know what? This just came, this little box just came in the mail two days ago, and I ordered it three months ago, just off the street, right? Like uh, everybody else. And so I, I, it's been out in the wild since since Monday. Um, this is the first You were probably week. like a little kid that when that showed up, you're like, well, ooh. Ooh. Oh, I was totally right. Because the one the one unit that Canon sent me, they're like, well, the menu's been you know identified, the navigation's all there, you can shoot with it, but you can't show anybody the photos because it's a pre-production model. Oh. I was like, uh, okay. So now this one's my very wait, own. Wait a minute. Paid... How would how would people even know? Yeah, I don't know wh- where don't the know. light came from. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't like... know. It's you know. Yeah. Um, so, but whatever. It's exciting that it's out in the wild. So I'll be t- I'll be demoing this next week in New York at Photo Plus, mm-hmm. um, and then I don't think it's uh, too early to say. I also recently videoed um, an intro to speed lighting course for Canon, and oh, they cool. tell me that um, it'll be a couple months in production. Um, so I don't know when you know I can really talk about that and say, hey, it was great. Um, but that's a, a was a pretty big deal for me. Um, that's cool. So that's that's recorded and they're crunching on it right now. Yeah. So it's in okay. it's in post production. They're probably all the producers are probably going, why did we get this guy in here? Let's get let's reshoot. Let's get somebody <laughs> else. Um, no. Nah. And so. Um, and then I'm looking to the spring. So, you know, Speedlighter's handbook is out in the wild. It's doing really well. And I'll probably put together a select number of uh, one-day Speedlighter's intensives, you know, wait for winter to come and go before I actually head out to do that. Uh, maybe I'll do a couple of events here in California in the in the early part of the spring. Absolutely. Um, ooh, but, ooh, ooh, me, yeah. me. I want to come. Me. Okay. Well, maybe we can work on an event in uh, San Diego, Sarah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Let's I've never, I've never, uh, never taught in San Diego, so I know it well. Perfect. But I've never taught down there, so maybe we can well, collaborate. It looks like That'd you be have fun. you have an invitation. It looks like so. You do. Yeah. Maybe invitation. I can book the dream team. Yeah, they could. You know, they could photograph me we'll while I'm photographing there. them. And that would be two redheads, a blonde, and a brunette. Then right, yeah. no extra charge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get, don't we get throw in Charlie for free. I'm trying. I'm resisting. You could be the Charlie. I'm resisting commenting. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys are awesome. I love having both of you on the show. It's perfect. All right, guys. Uh, and what do I have coming up? Like I mentioned at the top there, that Vietnam trip. We'll put links to uh, to that in the show notes. I would love to have. I think we have a couple of twi- listeners coming on that already. But there's spot. There's room for one more. Come hang out in uh, in Vietnam and help me celebrate my birthday. And I'll tell you how old I am in Vietnam secretly secretly yeah over over some beer all right guys we are we're at the end of another episode of this week in photo many thanks to our sponsors for their support that includes backblaze freshbooks lynda.com and ifi and be sure to check out our website over at thisweekinphoto.com and with that it's time to take that lens cap off <laughs>
a PixelCore.tv production. Produced by Suzanne Llewellyn. With technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.